What's going on, everybody? Today, I had the opportunity, and I say opportunity for a reason, to talk to Eric Rebello, who is a YouTuber, digital marketing agency runner, and things of that nature. And um, before we get into the episode, I want to ask a favor of all my listeners slash watchers today. And this is very important, okay? This episode is not the shortest, okay? It's almost two hours long, and I get that. I want you to do me a huge favor, though, and do everything in your power to get through all of this episode. That does not have to be right now. That does not have to be in one sitting. But pick it up where you left off if you ever get the chance, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube. I know both of them tend to save where you stop a video at. So please, even if it's 20 minutes now and then 20 minutes later and then 20 minutes and then 20 or 10 minutes, 10, 10, 10, I don't care how you break it up, but make every effort that you can to watch this entire thing. It is one of the most insightful value-packed, entertaining interviews I've done to date, and I really want you guys to get to see all of it, so I won't hold you up any longer with this intro. We'll just do the thing. Everybody listening to this or watching this, because this will go on YouTube, because Eric is one of these lovely people that actually chooses to show his face on the show. Um, Everybody that's watching this, my name is Justin, as you probably already know. This is Eric Rebello over here, and Eric runs a digital marketing agency, basically. So I invited him on to uh, talk more about that. I've never really met Eric before, like three minutes ago. So we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get to know him right from the beginning, and that's the story. So Eric, if you'd like to introduce yourself to whatever extent you want to, and then I'll pick your brain with some questions for sure i'll keep it brief just because i know you know probably people come on here and talk about themselves for like an hour and then (laughs) (laughs) so me i run a digital marketing agency that helps uh all types of business owners with um you know paid advertising and seo and things like that uh, to get them more clients and customers um i usually focus on like client service-based businesses not as much on like e-commerce and things but i still do that as well um, and then I teach people on my personal brand, like my YouTube channel and Instagram and all that, how to have a service business just like me, but it also applies like the principles for like everything else. So even if you're like a chiropractor, you still, you still should be able to take some of the things that I say and apply it to your business. Cause I, I try to focus more on principles rather than just teaching people how to start another digital marketing agency when that might not even be what they want to do. Like some people want to have service businesses around whatever graphic design or something else. So I feel like everybody's trying to teach people how to do SMMA and I'm like, what if that's not what they want to do? So that's what I'm about. I make videos probably about like every week on entrepreneurship, marketing, and also personal development. I like more like mindset stuff because you can't have a successful business without a successful mindset. So that's my right. thing. So you said you make videos every week for, mm-hmm. for that. Okay. On your YouTube channel, presumably, right? That's yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I mainly focus on my YouTube just because um, I know Instagram's like organic reach is going to go down dramatically in the past in the next like 12 months. So I'm kind of like mm, Instagram, whatever. <laughs> oh, okay, well, you know, that's good to know. But um, when what was I just gonna ask you, uh, we might as well start with this too. Do you just want to plug what your what your handles are for for everything for Instagram for YouTube for however people can find you out there? Sure. So my YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash Eric Rebello, exactly how it is in the title. And then my Instagram and other social media is Eric and then the letter J Rebello. Um, okay. my middle name. So yep, that's how you can find me. Okay. So yeah. So uh, of course I'll leave all those in the description of wherever this goes to, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you're listening on 
whatever. I'm on mm-hmm. more platforms than I know exist. So <laughs> that's that. Yeah. So let's start, let's start from, let's start with some of the typical questions and I'll try to make them more specific, but uh, how long ago did you start this? How old were you when you started thinking like, Hmm, I'll go be a, a digital marketer or start a digital marketing agency. How long have you been in the game? You know, the funny thing is, is I'm almost 23. And okay. the, the thing that uh, kind of catches people off guard about me is I've actually been doing uh, things in the digital marketing and online media space for almost nine years uh, since I was really young. And I didn't really know what it was called or I didn't know it was like a thing. Like I really just liked editing graphics and making videos and helping other people that I knew like grew their following on like social media or YouTube and all this type of stuff. And yeah, I didn't know like digital marketing was like a service that like people, you know, like pay, you know, paid for and stuff like that. It was just something that I loved to do. So pretty much my entire childhood, I loved, you know, making videos and different things like that. And then that online media thing kind of transferred into, you know, in the future, um, I was doing a little bit of that for like, you know, friends and family that I knew. And it was kind of like small time stuff. I still didn't get paid for it. But then after a while, I started to hear people talk about like Facebook advertising and, you know, the whole social media marketing agency thing. And I was like, wait a minute, like I kind of already know this stuff in it. Like, I don't know maybe the exact back end on it, exactly what to click to run an ad, but I know that I've done this before. Like the right. So I'm like, huh. So then I ended up just kind of looking around and finding a bunch of different like tutorials and things like that for Facebook ads. And when they were going through the tutorials, I was like, this is pretty simple. Like, you know what I mean? Like I already know most of this stuff or I get the concepts of it. I just needed to know exactly what to click to implement my skills. So I learned Facebook advertising, Google advertising, LinkedIn advertising, Instagram, like pretty much all that stuff. Um, And I had a plethora of services to start with um, because I basically, not to brag, like a humble brag, I kind of knew how to do everything. Um, you know, SEO, I think was the only thing that I didn't know how to do. And that was like a beast that was like zero, like zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I did learn that. I know the basics. I'm I'm more of an on-page SEO guy rather than like backlinks and all the off-page, which that stuff is super important, but it just, I don't know how to do it yet. Um, but yeah, I did all this stuff. And then I was like, wait a minute, like I got to really niche down on my services because People like, we can get into this in a little bit, but people that talk about uh, social media marketing and client service-based business and all type of stuff feel like they always have to say, you know, we, you have to niche down everything and only handle one customer. And I'm like, that puts you in a box. And like, pe- like yes, people know you as the chiropractic marketing guy or whatever, but it's like, that's all they're going to know you as. And it's like, what if you want to change? Like people, I, I knew this guy that like he, uh, or I didn't like know him personally, but I heard about him in like a forum or something like that where he was like, okay, so I named my business Landscape Marketing Pros. And I'm just like, why? Like, why would you name it that? <laughs> like, it's just so niche. Like, what if you wanted to do chiropractic marketing or something else? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, geez. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing this stuff for like a while. And then I really just figured out that I could turn it into a business over the past. Um, let's see. So the funny thing is, is I've been thinking about starting this business before I heard about SMMA. Um, but I was going to do more like media content creation. So like recording videos and editing photos okay. and stuff for people. Yeah. But then I started to figure out, I'm like, well, that stuff is cool for branding, but it doesn't necessarily bring direct customers right away. So I was like, paid advertising is the easiest way and the fastest way for people to get customers for businesses that have money. 
So like, just do that. And then I learned paid advertising. I was like, wow, this gets a lot more results than just making videos um, for people. So now I'm basically a paid advertising agency and like all that other stuff I still do uh, as like a, maybe an upsell service or something additional if they want it. But I mainly just focus on paid ads because that's where you get the most results. Okay, so something else I was going to ask you, which I think you kind of just answered, but um, was this something, so you said you started like something like nine years ago and you said you're almost 23. So I'm going to take that to mean that you're 22 because that's how math works. Uh-huh. So you were what, 13, somewhere between like 12 and 14, basically when you started, when you sparked an interest in social media, uh, was this like, was this always your plan? You know, you were still in school at that point. Was there ever, was there other, ever other aspirations or ever any of those more realistic jobs you're going to go for? Did you go to college ever at all and drop out? Did you not go? Did you go full ride onto social media? Uh, mm. Give us, give us that kind of a, that kind of rundown. Yeah. So the brief story again, because I like to keep it brief, from like yeah, 12 to 13 to now has basically been when I was younger, I was super into technology. I loved, you know, like cell phones and tablets and computers. And I built my own computer that's like right here. Um, and like all these different things. And I did have help <laughs> at the beginning but from, a, from a tech guy, but he explained it to me. And I was like, now I get it. And then I, I he helped me kind of do it myself. But um, I will say he gets a, a big part of the credit too. But um, yeah, from early on, I was super interested in technology. I always have been. I used to be like a huge video game person where I had, you know, bought every new video game that was out. I don't play video games anymore just because like I don't have the time. It's kind of a waste for me now. But um, yeah, I've always had an interest in that, but I didn't really have an interest in business until much later in life. Like I just did that stuff because it was fun. And then eventually it turned into the idea of people were telling me like, why don't you uh, charge people for that? Or like, why don't you do like a, like, make people pay for your stuff. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I never, it wasn't even on my radar. And then that's like, it really didn't like, I'd never even conceived it to be like a business until I started seeing other people start their own businesses um, that weren't even related to that. Like some people were starting their businesses around just random whatever. And I was like, well, they can start a business for washing cars or whatever. So like, why can't I start one for what I do? Yeah. Um, And I sat on, you know, a bunch of different ideas for like a long time. And I did go to college for uh, two and a half years. And then I just dropped out because um, not that I don't believe in college for certain people. I'm just not the type of person that needs to go there. Um, If you're a lawyer or a doctor or something like that, you know, that's where you should go. But for me, I just didn't feel like it was necessary for what I wanted to do. And then, um, yeah, so during that time, I was like working and going to college and also had this business idea and all this type of stuff. And I was like, still trying to figure everything out. And then I actually did become an entrepreneur for a bit in something else. Um, It was more like uh, financial related. And then I was like, you know what, that's not suited for me to like either I'm now an entrepreneur and I'm making money in this thing, but like, I'm I'm not doing what I want to do still. I'm making like decent money. So then I officially switched over and I was like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur in the thing that I actually want to be an entrepreneur in. And that has been like the best decision. And I actually haven't been technically doing it for that long, like in business. Um, I've, let's see, so let's see, it is January 2019. Um, I think I started around November of 2017, something like that, uh, like officially. And funny enough, like I uh, I actually had an article that was posted recently where I explained a little bit about it, where um, I did free work for a long time, (laughs) like a long time. Like somebody on Instagram hit me up and they were like, 
you know, how do I get clients and stuff like that? And I'm like, yeah, do free work for a little bit. Just not in, I know people are against like free trials and things like that, but when you don't know anything, like you got to play around and like practice and get experience and stuff. So right. I advocate free work a lot. And then, um, for as long as you feel like you need to, you know what I mean? Like if you know what you're doing now, then you should charge, but you can't have confidence in something that you haven't done. Like you, you have to back it up, um, or get a contractor or someone else to do it if that's what you really want to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I did free work for at least six or seven months for like a couple clients, just a hundred percent free, never asked anything. And then I was kind of just expecting like at the end that they would give me referrals or like, you know, something like that. But funny enough, some of those clients I worked for, for that free period after six or seven months, after I finally felt confident enough to be like, I understand business. Cause that's another thing I had to learn was taxes, legal stuff, business related stuff. I knew Absolutely. nothing about that. College doesn't teach that stuff. The major, like, unless you take, they now have entrepreneurship classes, of course, but like that's you know, that don't get me started on that. <laughs> don't get me started on that. Someone got me started on that on an Instagram live or something yesterday. I think I'm, I'm okay with college. If this looks like a dorm room to you, it's because it is. And mm -hmm. um, because like I'm a financial planning major now, but we have entrepreneurship here and they they do kind of like, you know, they have some pride in the entrepreneurship major. And I've always thought that's dumb. I'm not, I'm not one of these anti-college people like, like not even to the extent of Gary Vaynerchuk or Alex Becker or any of those guys on the internet that you see like college is going to ruin your life. Blah, blah. I'm like, shut up. But <laughs> entrepreneurship major just does not make sense to me. It is like, it is like putting yourself in position to be an entrepreneur by not going out and starting a business, which makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever to me. So I, I just hate that. I hate that we have that. I love the people in it. Like I love the, I have friends here that want to be entrepreneurs and the good news is all of them are not entrepreneurship majors <laughs> because they understand that much. And the entrepreneurship teacher here is actually amazing. And I'm probably going to have him on here at some point along with his, uh, his daughter was on Shark Tank and landed a deal with Mark Cuban. And yeah, well, um, cool. so I want to have them on at some point, but um, yeah, just oh, the entrepreneurship major is that doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. There's another one too. I usually complain. Oh, marketing. I think it's marketing. I don't really believe too much in marketing majors either, just because that's another industry where you can get the job without the degree. You know what I mean? Like accounting, I'm still okay with accounting degrees, finance degrees. I have to be okay with some one of them, but like, wow. you know, for me, that's more of like a personal thing just so I, I have the knowledge in the future to manage my finances like to the maximum efficiency. But otherwise, it's like I, I even tell my parents all the time and I tell people all the time just to kind of, and they always take it with a grain of salt, but I tell them, I think business majors become obsolete in the next 10 years, if not sooner. And it's going to be, it's going to be medical, uh, law and STEM engineers, basically even not in the math and that type of stuff. But uh, otherwise, I don't see, I, th I think college is slowly going downhill in terms of how valuable it is in relation to how expensive it is. So, you know, there's all of that. So what are your, where's your business at your marketing agency, like size wise, like, and how far along do you want it to go? Are you still building it? Do you want to build it up to be like the next biggest media agency there is? Do you have like huge dreams like that? And also where is it already to give us a frame of reference? No problem. Yeah. So I mean, since I, it took me a while to learn a lot of the business stuff. Um, I actually started, you know, a bit late with things like I technically, 
you know, did a lot of free work for a while. And then those clients that were, uh, I was, you know, doing work for free. Eventually they did turn into paying clients. I actually asked them, I was like, Hey, so I've been doing free work for a while. You know, I was just straight up. I was like, I'm not even trying to sell you. Like, are you guys comfortable paying me now? Because I've done all this work and they're like, you've given us so much value. Like, of course. So then they did that. And then those were my first clients. It was really cool. And then I just got more and more. And uh, usually I get my clients from, you know, either like LinkedIn uh, connections and things like that. Um, kind of like, you know, chatting with people on there or Upwork or emailing business owners, like just different things like that. Uh, cold calling seems to be kind of dead. Um, you know, people, it, it does still work if you're like that, you know, savage enough to just grind it out. But I just don't prefer it because I used to be in cold calling, uh, the cold calling world for uh, three years. So like, <laughs> I just am like done with that. Um, it, it's yeah, I mean, I can do it. It's just like, I don't prefer it. Yeah. But um, yeah, so my agency right now, it's coming up on six figures. Like it's pretty close. Um, and I'm doing a, like, there's a couple things, uh, that are going to close recently that are probably going to get it over that mark. Um, so I'm really happy about that. And then, uh, you know, like it, it's crazy though, just because the amount of time it took me to get to that was like pretty short. Like I didn't think I was going to get to six figures for at least like a couple years in business. Um, but you know, pretty short, which I'm happy about. But um, yeah, so that's where it's at right now. As far as the amount of people, it's just me. And every once in a while, uh, well, I wouldn't even say every once in a while, like sometimes I will outsource stuff to contractors, but I like to do the majority of the work um, just because I have the time for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to hire people until I don't have the time for it. Like right. I structure my business in a way that I do have a lot of time uh, to go ahead and focus on my clients and stuff. So it's not like I'm running around doing a bunch of stupid, like networking events or something like that, which I'm not, I mean, that's, you know, networking events aren't dumb. It's just like, you don't really get that much out of it unless you're paying. Like, I mean, I mean the free networking events, right. it's like, if you're paying like 50 to a hundred dollars to go to a networking event, that's a good event because that's when you know people are serious and they're like, you know, probably Absolutely. Maybe some richer people are in there because they're willing to do that. And maybe they're a business owner that just likes doing that. But the majority of time, you know, business owners just don't have time to network. So random tip for everybody listening, um, network using social media. That's what it's made for. But, uh, <laughs> so my plan is actually extremely large. <laughs> um, and I know a lot of people say they have these like huge plans and stuff like that, but just to be like semi pessimistic about it, I don't think a lot of those people kind of know either what it takes or if they're really going to get there, but I have it mapped out, but I'm willing to not have it completed until like age 50. So like, I'm good. Yeah. Um, I know, <laughs> I know where I'm going. So I have this agency that I've built, right. That is, you know, paid advertising and marketing and things like that. And it's going to build itself up to have more people. And I'm going to get more experts in that are more niche related. So instead of having someone that does media content creation, copywriting, and this thing, it's like, just have one person for each thing and kind of build it like the assembly line thing, like Henry Ford, right? So right. You have one person doing each thing. So you never want to hire people that do like three different things unless they're like a manager. A manager should be able to do three different things, but they don't have to be experts right. at three different things. They just want to right. manage people that are the experts. Um, and then, so that's kind of what I'm going to do with hiring people in the future. And probably in the next month or two, I'm going to go on Upwork and various platforms and try and find my experts uh, and, and then kind of keep them in my backlog until I'm ready to, to right. you know, kind of deploy them um, right. into my business. And then I'm building up my personal brand, which is going to be something that is going to help my agency and also help me basically with um, you know, my endeavors of, I do want to, you know, create training programs, but I don't want to do it like everyone else. Like everyone, you know, has their, their courses and things like that. I'm still trying to find a way that I can do it the way that I like, because I don't, 
necessarily like how other people do it sometimes where they're very secretive with what's in their course and they're like you have to pay a thousand dollars just to see anything at all yeah. like if I was to make a training program which I want to like to teach people how to do a service business um, I would want to make it so transparent that it like shies people away like that like I actively want to make people not want to buy it like you know what I mean just because right. it's like you know they because they know exactly what they're getting into I only want people purchasing it that know exactly what they're getting into and wouldn't request a refund. Like, you know what I mean? There should be no need for that. So that I want to do like a video or something like that on the, on the landing page where it says, here's an hour long or 30 minute long video that explains everything in the course. If you still want to buy it, there's the button. If you don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I mean, I don't think people do that as much, but I want to, I'm still trying to find a way to kind of make it different because I do think that training programs are really efficient and helpful for people because people, you know, people pay attention when they pay money. If it's free, they don't always take it into account. Um, plus it does help my personal brand and my agency continue going because I can then afford to have time to produce more content and stuff. So it's not this like greedy thing that a bunch of people think it is. Um, I just, I have a different view around it, but, um, after I build, you know, that whole thing of like my personal brand where I do want to do more like live events where I can, you know, speak at something or whatever. Um, yeah, just being able to build up a personal brand is always something you have to do because everyone, like you're building up a personal brand on Instagram for the reason yeah. of being able to point it at stuff and then it just yeah. succeeds. Like if you wanted to start a clothing <laughs> brand on Shopify, you're not necessarily yeah. starting from zero. You're, you can go to your right. audience and be like, hey, buy my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so build the personal brand up. And those are the only two things I'm focusing on. I'm not, I'm like, I hate these people that focus on like eight different things at once and then they're like, do nothing. I'm like, dude, you can't be an affiliate marketer, social media marketer, Shopify expert. <laughs> like you can't be like all this stuff at the same time, like chill yeah. and just be like one to two things and then just right. focus on those. So I'm going to be focusing on that for a long time. And then my next plan after that is once I have enough money built up for my agency and personal brand, um, I do want to create a software. I actually found a name for the software the other day that actually would be really good for what I want to do. So I'm going to keep it secret, keep it but secret. it would basically be a marketing slash sales software. Um, and I have a couple different ideas, but you know, I know I, that's another thing I know nothing about is software. So I'd have to go find people that can develop it and stuff, but create a software that's on a recurring membership, just kind of like a bunch of other softwares. And then also, um, after that probably start other businesses. Like I want to, um, I want to attack the record label model. So for musicians and stuff like that, I feel like traditional record labels are not satisfying their needs anymore. And a lot of people aren't even getting signed because they don't care. So I'm going to take my agency and develop a branch of it. That is a um, music marketing and like a talent mark, you know, agency, something, something like that. And it's branded really as that. Interesting. And then, um, and then be able to do, it's basically the same thing. They're just clients that I do paid advertising for and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and you could sign a deal where you can get like a revenue share or whatever. Like I'm still trying to figure that out, but that's down the road. And then, uh, taking those four things now, I'm going to be able to hopefully invest money in real estate. Uh, and there's a bunch of people online talking about that now. Um, that's again, something I know nothing about, but that's a goal because that's like more of a passive income thing. And, uh, I wouldn't want to, I suggest that anyone listening wouldn't invest in real estate now just because it's super expensive and the yes. crash is about to happen. Yeah. This is something I want to predict on here, which is the student <laughs> loan debt, student loan debt will do the exact same thing that the mortgage debt did in 2008. Okay. A lot of people are getting student loans that they can't pay back and you can't default on them. So that means that the banks, well, I wouldn't say the market is going to crash, but it's going to take a dip because the banks are going to be fine. On your student loans, a lot of people don't know this. This is, good. This is something about college that yeah. a lot of people need to like, reflect on. 
when you sign the dotted line with you and your parents, if you can't afford to pay back those student loans, then it goes back to your parents and they have to pay it. Yeah. If they don't pay it, then they start repossessing your assets and their assets. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, what's the word for it? Uh, it starts with a C. It's, um, couldn't tell you. Collateral? Uh, collateral. Yeah, that's the word. So collateral. Yeah. And then they, <laughs> yeah, they get your stuff. And so the banks are fine. They can go sell your stuff. But the thing is, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of people that can't afford to put money into the marketplace. So that's where the economy is going to tank a bit. So that's something to think about in college. But um, yeah, so I think after that happens, uh, that would be a good time to buy real estate because it's all going to be low and really bad. And then it'll go back up and that's where you're going to make a lot of money. But a lot of people are talking about real estate right now and I'm like, it's <laughs> so. I, I mean, real estate is definitely good, but like, like you just said, yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head. It's, it's expensive. And you, I, one, of, one of the things I talked about on, by myself on the podcast the other day on one of my shorter episodes like I do every day is this whole this whole high risk high reward type of mentality that a lot of entrepreneurs adapt and push forward and you read it in books and stuff like that and a lot of people are you know they're taking these huge massive risks because they think oh well high risk high reward but it's like I think a lot of people are forgetting what high risk means to begin with like it means there's a damn good chance you're going to come out of there in just not a good situation with damage loss or harm I mean that is the definition of risk is exposing yourself to loss, damage, or harm. So when these mm -hmm. people are like, you know, it's not something to justify your stupid decisions with to just say, oh, I'm taking high risks. I'm going to get a high reward. Like, no, that's not how that works. I mean, high risks do lead to high rewards. You know, the higher the risk, the higher potential reward there is. But mm -hmm. just don't lose a grasp on what high risk means in the first place. Like, I think that's, that's just really important for people to not forget about and to realize. And I'm, that also goes back to something else I was about to say earlier. Oh, you were talking, you talked about a lot of stuff in there that I wanted to touch on. And now I forgot about all of it. You were talking about, um, too, though, another thing I want to touch on while I was thinking was you were talking about people not, and I'm going to go backwards into outsourcing here, too, uh, people that start and they try to be everything at the same time, which I'm against people trying to be everything at the, at the same time, but I'm not against the beginners like, playing around like on the like scratch the surface of everything so i think it's good for them to find what it is that they want to do and like you said you were an entrepreneur in like finance industry more so before you did this and it's not a good idea to you know like try a thing if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out move on to the next thing but mm -hmm. at the same time you do have to eventually pick one and be on it and i felt totally guilty of that when i found out about affiliate marketing was the first thing i found out about so i tried to be i was doing that i was trying to blog i was trying Instagram, I was trying this, I was trying that, I was trying the other. And then I did come to the realization one day that like, I really need to focus in on one thing. So now you go to my Instagram. Uh, I, I made like a point in my bio, in my Instagram bio, it says right on the top, it says content first and a podcaster right under that because I said, I need to take the two things I like or the one thing I like the most and do it. So now all my focus is in Instagram and this podcast. I do this every day. I post on Instagram twice a day. Um, I do a video on Instagram every day. So I spend a lot of time editing videos now too and stuff like that. And it takes a lot of time out of your pocket. And on that note, that will segue into the outsourcing thing because I like what you said. I'm all for outsourcing when you get to the point that you need to do it. it but at the same time, if you're not at the point you need to do it, I think that outsourcing is just kind of it's it's another one of these skill not skills strategies that big name entrepreneurs push forward and they say you need to outsource this and the other and they're not wrong but it's not something you should do before you can afford it or before you need to do it 
I'm still totally for being frugal and like knowing where your expenses are going, where your money's going, because you know, you can't just pay everybody to make a good business for you and expect to make a lot of money. And it's also just good for you to know too, like what actually goes into something like, know a little bit about it. Like you're talking about managers, you know, and you, you know, you said maybe a manager should know how to do like three different things or something. They don't have to be an expert in it. And that's absolutely true. And it's like, it's not even like they need to know how to do it. They just kind of need to know what goes into doing it so they can track whether or not their employees under them are actually doing their job or if they're just yeah and around that's the point that is like crazy for people like they all everyone thinks that you can just outsource everything but i'm like how do you know that those people are doing a good job if you don't know what you're doing like <laughs> yeah. that's where i'm like it just makes <laughs> zero sense i'm like for anything, if you are starting an SEO agency and you're like, okay, I know nothing about SEO, but I'm going to learn it. And in the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and hire these other people that, you know, are SEO experts or whatever. Now that is different. If you can prove that they have case studies and things like that, and they actually are experts, then more power to you. Go ahead and hire that person because they know more than you. But majority of the time, these people don't vet these because the people that actually know what they're doing charge a lot. So it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're not going to be able to afford that. So like it, it you know, the, a good SEO agency will probably charge minimum like 15 or a SEO person like 1500 to 2000 probably like minimum. Yeah. So it, like just for their services and an agency will probably charge more just to cover overhead and stuff. But like, like you're not going to pay, like, what are you going to charge 4,000? And then the person's going to, you know, do 2000 work and you get 2000. It's like, I guess you could do that, but it's just not going to work out. Like you have to know what you're doing first and more, most people like, this is another thing I'll, I'll say. So I'm really big on, you know, uh, making sure your yourself is like disciplined and stuff like that, because a lot of people will get caught up in motivation rather than discipline. And it's just like, dude, like motivation is temporary. Discipline means that you're going <laughs> to, you know, like even if you don't want to or whatever. And the whole thing is like, you know, if you can discipline yourself to go ahead and have proper time management, then more people have way more time than they think they do. Also, you need oh to get God. rid of a lot of stuff that's holding up your time. Like I said earlier, like um, I used to play video games, but I don't do that anymore because it's a waste of time. Like it just is. And it's like, what is more important? Like playing video games and kind of just getting nothing done because like, it is legitimately like video games get nothing done other than just like entertainment. And I'm like, I can give that up for wanting to have a big business and make like a huge impact and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, not a big deal to me, but I mean, it, it just, I feel like if people break down their week, like this is what, like whenever someone says they don't have time, I riddle them with questions. So I'm like, there's 168 hours in a week. How many hours do you sleep? And then he's like, you know, like eight hours a day. And I'm like, okay, so that's 56 hours. So 168 minus 56 is 112. And then what do you, uh, how often do you go to work? And it's like 40 hours a week. And then it's like yeah. 40 minus 112. So you got 80. How many, like how, uh, how long does it take you to get to work? And I add up all these things of the yeah. gym, your commute, how much time do you spend with family, your full-time job, how much time do you go to class, all these things. And I don't think I've had a person that is left with less than like 10 hours or 10 or 15 hours a week, um, even after all that stuff. Of after the gym, everything. Even their family and full-time job yeah. and like a one one or two college classes they're taking too. I'm yeah. like, you're still left with like at least 10 hours a week. And I'm like, that's enough. And then once you get to a point in those 10 hours a week, when you're making enough money, start dropping stuff off. So yeah. And the first thing you drop off is your full-time job. And that clears up another yeah. 40 to 50 hours, depending on how long your commute is every week. It's like that's the biggest to, one. And it's the yeah. You, you have to prioritize too. Like for me, I really want to go to the gym and I've been trying to focus on that. But at the same time, I'm like, 
I am trying to get other things done. It's not necessarily a priority for me right now, um, but it will be, you know, soon. Like I'm trying to make, I'm trying to fit it into my schedule. Um, but it's just like, sometimes you have to give things up. Like that's a big thing for me too, is like sacrifice. Like people aren't like, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. It's like, you have to sacrifice something to get mm -hmm. something. Like it just is the way yeah. it is. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, all these people online paint it like you can't uh, for whatever reason which they, they're at a point now where they don't have to sacrifice because they're making so much money that they can pay for more time. So like, you right. know, it, it's just, it's a really interesting world that we live in, uh, like online entrepreneurship right now where, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like there's two types of people in this space where it's like the people that are selling you the pipe dream and a bunch of like BS. And then there's the people that are like against them, which I, I find myself more in that, but also I don't want to be labeled as that person. Like I've right. had, I think there's a happy medium where it's like some people are so pessimistic and like super angry, like you're all fake and this and that. But then there's also these people that are just like too, they've got rose colored glasses on or whatever the <laughs> thing is. And they're just completely full of it. So find a happy medium where it's like, dude, you have to be optimistic and like, you know, really, uh, you know, focus on your success and stuff like that. But you also have to be practical and realistic of like, what can I actually do? What are my actual skills? Um, some people think they're good. Like, everybody and their mother has Facebook expert or something like that in their LinkedIn or in their yeah. uh, Instagram now. And I'm like, prove it. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I don't know. So that, that's my thing on it where I'm just like, you can't just label yourself a Facebook expert out of nowhere. I get the point of them trying to be like, okay, I want to be a Facebook expert. So I'm going to put this in my bio to try and get clients. Like I get that. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. I feel like if you shouldn't say Facebook expert, you should say Facebook yeah. specialist or something like that. A little yeah. bit different. Facebook, Facebook connoisseur. Exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, yeah. I am so glad that you are a, uh, a time nut. That is, that is my biggest thing. Like hands down. If, if I had to go and make like a new Instagram page, that was about one thing that I want to push through people's head. It is about how much freaking time you have in your life. And, you can cut it up different ways and it actually throws it into different perspectives because, you know, if I tell someone, you know, what are you doing with your 24 hours a day? It's easier for them to kind of bullshit their way through that. than if I ask them, what are you doing with your 168 hours in a week? What are you doing with your, you know, 86,000 seconds a day, something like that. And another thing I want to add, I think you hit almost every point. I just want to add one more too, is that some of the, there are things we need to do. We need to eat, we need to sleep, we need to shower, we need to do this stuff. People, I think, like to stretch out the things they need to do too. So I'll hit them with that. I, I've done the same exact thing as you before where I just start riddling them with the, how long do you do this? How long do you do that? And like shown them the math and been like, you have time, like fuck off. But um, at the same time, you know, I'll also go through this phase where they're like, well, how about this? I need to shower. I'm like, okay, does your shower really need to be an hour and a half long? Oh or can you shower in 20 minutes? I shower in like 10 minutes. Like you're, you're, just, you're just milking it at that point too. It's the same thing with eating. You don't need to spend an hour. You know, you don't need an hour for lunch. You don't right. need an hour for a shower. You can get by. I mean, I sleep plenty. I sleep eight, maybe nine hours some nights. And I still find time in the middle of the day. I can't fill my time. And ever since I started doing this, I've had days with the podcast, with Instagram, with that, that like I've fallen behind a little bit or like I've, uh, I've never missed a day. I think I might've missed one day on the podcast, but if I did, I made up for it with two the next day or something. So I'm still going with the podcast, with the daily podcast, like challenge I'm putting myself through. Mm. But, um, 
I have fallen behind before. And usually what I do is I record them the day before. I'm actually like over caught up right now. And I'm like two or three days ahead with this one. And, but um, I usually do them, I record them the day before and I schedule them to go up at three in the morning. The next day, I have no idea why three. I've mentioned that before. <laughs> I just picked 3 a.m. And because um, I don't know how Anchor does it if I do it for 3 a.m. Part of the reason 3 a.m. was a number for me was because I don't know if that means 3 a.m. my time or if it means 3 a.m. for everybody. So like if I do a three, I'm on the East Coast. So if I do a 3 a.m. for me, it comes out at midnight for West Coast. So, you know, there's that. So that that is just kind of like an unintentional perk that comes with that. But um, anyway, I just I just love that you brought up the time thing. I needed I needed people to hear that from someone. Other yeah, and it's like the whole thing is like you gotta you gotta prioritize your stuff too. Like I said, like the, if if something is not that important, just like get rid of it. Like it's not <laughs> like I in my office and stuff like that. Like I just got rid of everything. Like I'll probably do like a tour of it eventually, but the tour is probably going to be about forty five seconds because there's because nothing there's in nothing there. in like there. It's, it's, it's just gone. Like I got rid of everything, and it's just like right. I feel so much better <laughs> because I'm like I don't have to like you know look at a bunch of clutter and stuff. Yes. And then yeah, like I mean like you said, you hit it on the head with the time management thing where I'm just like people, yeah, either stretch their stuff out or whatever, where, yeah, like you don't need to spend, I mean, either like either shorten it with like a deadline or get rid of it. Like, why do you need to spend an hour on Netflix every day? It's just like, you yeah. don't like, you just don't. Um, and then, yeah, I think, um, so there's a law. Oh my God. What was it called? Um, Parkinson's, it's, Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law, dude, that is like the number one thing people need for time. Management, <laughs> where it's just like you wonder, like as much time as you give yourself to do it, it will take that long. Like what I, like it, 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 perfect example is when someone tries to write an essay and it's due by the end of the week <laughs> yeah. and they start it today, but then all of a sudden they like kind of drag on it. And then it's like, well, I'll do like a paragraph a day and this and that. And then they still are procrastinating yeah. and stuff like that. And then they, they have to get it done in the last like 20 minutes. I'm like, dude, you gave yourself a week to do it. Give yourself a day to do it and you'll get it done. And then all of a sudden, see people, this is the thing. It's okay to have rough drafts on things. Like if you need to get something done in a week, make yourself get it done in a day and then right. go back the next day and revise it. Right. And you'll probably end up getting a better job or right. do a better job ultimately than what, if you would have waited that week to complete that thing. Yeah, so. that's totally the thing. I actually did an episode. It might have been today's, actually. I don't know. Because like I said, I'm caught up. So now I'm like three days ahead and I don't know when they're coming out. But I did an episode, if you, if you want to go back and listen to it after, it's like 12, 15 minutes long, but it's called, oh, what did I title? I titled it something like, what can you do by 10 a.m.? Because on Saturday morning, you know, I talked mostly about Parkinson's Law in that podcast. That's why it was so prominent in the in the in the front of my brain there and I was just like Parkinson's but um <laughs> I was like uh yeah I was talking about that because I did everything this week school just started for me in the middle of last week we started on Wednesday and I didn't get you know I'm not like overloaded with homework yet but I had everything done I woke up at 7 30 on Saturday morning I finished editing the video that I was going to put on Instagram that day I watched these introduction videos to an online class I have and I did the little bit of homework that I did have to do at all my book spot it was 9.30 in the morning. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crank out the podcast for today. And by 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning, I had everything I needed to get done that day done. And that's why I got two or three days ahead is because I spent the rest of the day making more content and doing more podcasts and asking people for more interviews. I have like exciting interviews coming up that I can't wait to share with people that are especially big into podcasts and stuff like that. 
but um I, yeah that parkinson's law you know is really that's really fun that your uh your work expands to fill the time that you have to do it so if you have a short amount of time you do a lot more work you know etc and stuff like that and i think that's a good thing for people to have the discipline which we also talked about to mm -hmm. just give themselves a deadline to do it and i i kind of adopted that mentality i don't want to say i came up with it myself because god knows three other people three million other people came up with it but i didn't hear it from anywhere i did just kind of think of it that morning i'm like if i just try to get all my stuff done by 10 o'clock in the morning because for me it's also not just about having no free time like my goal isn't to get people to spend all their time working like all the time 24 hours a day head on the computer doing that i'm fine with people watching Netflix, like having a couple of shows they want to watch, you know, that's why they put them out there for stuff like that. I have like two shows that I need to watch all the time. But for me, it's also about like stress free, free time is so much better. And what I mean by that is that having all your work done and then using your free time instead of trying to make all your time up front free time and dreading the work that you have to do later, it's like just get it done. And it's so easy to say, and everybody's tried it. But that's another thing with that 10 a.m. thing. And I still find myself just like laying around my dorm room. Like that, that goes back to how much time we have that people don't realize we have because I don't play video games much, if at all, anymore. And um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I read quite a bit more than I used to. And I still watch TV. I still watch sports. I'm a big hockey fan, big football fan. So I watch both of them uh, whenever I get the chance. But it's like, by, if I can, I have a lot of days, I have everything. I need to have done done by lunch, let alone 7 p.m. when the Penguins game comes on. So like it's it's like it's not that hard. And it's not that I want you to like work yourself to death. It's just that I want you to be productive and be efficient and don't waste your time doing useless shit. Don't waste your time scrolling through Tinder when you could be learning. It's an, and it's you could take everything from a different approach like. You know, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, a lot more time than I realize. And everyone thinks I'm sitting around wasting my time because I tell them I'm on Instagram like five hours a day. But I'm not on my, I, I haven't checked my Instagram personal page in like a month and a half. And I'm scrolling through it, but I'm engaging with people. I'm finding people like you. This interview wouldn't have happened if I wasn't on Instagram. This podcast wouldn't be a thing if I wasn't on Instagram. None of my interviews would have happened. Um, do you listen to other podcasts? by any chance like usually typically are there any suggestion suggestions you have to throw out there or anything uh my podcast no i'm kidding yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> true no, i hear that so i mean to i, I can kind of answer that question by going into what you just said which okay. like all this type of stuff which is like i don't know like i feel like i'm a little bit uh more extreme on certain things than most people are just because i really want to get things done and like i have a vision that like needs to get done so like, I don't really consume that much content other than YouTube videos where I'm trying to educate myself and learn things and get people's perspectives and kind of like, you know, insights and things like that. I, I don't follow anybody on Instagram. Uh, I don't follow on anybody on any other social media than YouTube just because I'm only using YouTube to learn stuff. And it's also the funny thing is, is like, I get entertained by learning and educating myself like that. Like, it's yes. really weird. Like people people think that you can't have fun doing work. And I'm like, I, it's so fun for me. Like when I watch YouTube videos about how certain influencers and things like that, like do stuff or tutorials on how to do better, uh, optimize your ads better or look different things. Like it's fun for me because I'm a person like my personality type is a ENTJ slash 
emerald person. So like we're people, <laughs> we're people that like to win and optimize things. So like, that's like my thing, but not everybody's like that. So, but I'm just like, with getting rid of stuff. Like if, if I don't need it, I won't have it. And I've gotten better and better at that. Uh, and it's just made me so much more productive and happier and had more time. Like with you, you said you like to get things by, done by 10 AM. Uh, I, my thing is I usually like to get everything done. I have to do for the day by 2 PM. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, that works too. Yeah. 10 AM is not like a number written in stone. It just happens to be for me because I sleep at like really no extreme. It's just normal human times. I sleep from like yeah. 11 to seven, basically, you know, something like that. And um, so I'm usually up fairly early, you know, a lot of kids on camp- campus is pretty dead when I'm up at seven in the morning, walking down to the dining hall. But um, especially here we have, you know, we have snow and I took a spill today right before I got on here. My elbows are like killing me because it are like campus is like all ice right now where I am. But um, anyway, yeah, it's just, but it doesn't have to be 10 a.m. Because another thing that I talk about a lot is I don't care when people sleep. I hate seeing posts on Instagram that are like, you should wake up at 4 a.m. You should wake up at 5 a.m whatever, et cetera, I have. And I know this is the Gary Vee thing to say, and I'm just parroting him, but he's right, so I'm going to. Is like, I don't care when you sleep. I don't care what the clock says while you're sleeping. I care how long you sleep, because if you sleep 12 hours a day, that's an issue, no matter when it is. Mm-hmm. And I care about what you do while you're awake and while, you know, while you're alive and how efficient you're. I don't care if you sleep from 11 to 7, if you sleep from noon to 8, if you sleep from 5 in the afternoon until 1 in the morning, whatever just do stuff while you're awake, you know, and try to not make it more than like 10 hours. I'm going to say, you know, some people sleep like four hours. I know Alex Becker does the thing, or at least he used to, where he does, he, he tries to do two sleep twice a day for four hours each instead of once for seven hours. So he, he sleeps from like some like noon to four and then again from midnight to four and stuff like that. That's, that's interesting thing to try. I love watching these, like these really big names now that have just like all this free time because they've outsourced everything and they've made it like the diets they try, the sleep schedules they try, stuff like that. It's very, very interesting stuff. I do, I did say I don't watch TV anymore. I watch a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of the Joe Rogan experience. I, I listen to the MF CEO project all the time. And I've got big news coming up about that, by the way, too. If anyone listens to the MF CEO project, stay tuned to this. And, um, that's that's a very giveaway hint as to a guest that I might have on soon. But um, yeah, so there's stuff like that. I was going somewhere else with that too, but now I forgot what I said. But uh, there was something else I wanted to touch on. What did you just say <laughs> before? Because I would have derived uh, from something you said. But um, anyway, yeah. yeah. Just like time management stuff. So this, 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 this interview took a huge turn into just straight time management stuff and we're going <laughs> we're going overboard with it now and we're getting long and i'm fine with getting long i know people come on here and they're like oh i can give you a half hour of this and the other and I'm, I'm always prepared to go for like three hours plus because another thing that i think i was starting to say and might have already said but like i just find myself with all this free time that and i'm even trying to you know fill it all up and i've become a lot more conscious of like when i'm wasting my time so i try not to do it and that frees up a lot more time. And now I've started just making more content at that time. Like I was laying on my bed before this. I had like an hour to spare before this. I made like an IGTV video because I was like, why the hell not? I jumped on an Instagram live and I talked to, I can't remember his name and I feel bad about that. But I was talking to someone on there for a while that was like, I'm just, I'm really getting into this swing of documenting everything and just kind of always trying to make something 
tie back into the content that I'm putting out. And I think it'll go far. And I think, you know, I was talking to him too about how it's a numbers game and that's definitely not going to stop me. This podcast is not get a lot of listens right now, but it's still going to be getting pumped out until at least October is like the goal is the deadline for daily. And I'll still, I'll definitely keep it going after that. I don't know if it'll still be daily for sure, but um, I'll get myself into the habit of doing it and stuff like yeah. that. If I was to give practical tips, so for just for yourself as well, like I would say, so you're, you're putting everything on YouTube? No. So YouTube is a weird game for me right now because I have my own YouTube channel. I have two podcasts and the, uh, this is, okay, this is a weird story to get into. I do this podcast daily, which started by myself. I started picking up a couple interviews and now I'm starting to pick up more and more interviews. So, but it's mostly by myself. I do it every day. So I don't put it on YouTube every day. I put all the interviews on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, my personal Justin RP YouTube mm -hmm. channel. My other podcast, I started like on the same day as this one. That one's not daily. That one is weekly. I do it with my friend Gerard, who most people that would be listening to or watching this know him by now. Um, he's an artist. And uh, at first I chose podcasting because I didn't really think of myself as a camera ready person or as a... You know, I just didn't really want to do the camera thing. It was part of a challenge. It was like either blog for 365 days, podcast for 365 days, or go live on Instagram or Facebook for 365 days. And podcasting was, you know, it was the way to go. I was like, I could, I can rant for half an hour every day if I wanted to. And I've noticed it. I'm better off in like the 12 to 15 minute range. It uh, retains people more, but um, especially when it's by myself, when it's an interview, they usually go for an hour, hour and a half. You know, they just go forever. People can talk so much longer than they realize sometimes. People get like worried when I ask them to be on the show. They're like, how long is it going to be? How long do I have to talk for? I'm like, trust me, we've, I've been keeping track. We've been on here for almost an hour and it feels like it's been like 10 minutes. Yeah. And, um, but, I'm cool with going over too, by the way. Like I think uh, I was supposed to have a call, but it got rescheduled. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm perfectly okay with uh, people. And I, I hate people like I shied away from the long form podcast on YouTube because another thing they don't understand this goes, this ties into the time management too, is like I said, I watch a lot of Joe Rogan. Every one of his episodes is like around the three hour mark. And it's like, you don't have to watch it all at the same time. Contrary to popular belief. That's the beauty of YouTube. I, I will watch, like I'll basically watch one episode of Joe Rogan experience a week because I'll split it across seven days and it takes me to finish that one episode. But like, I'll, I'll kind of give an alternative perspective on that. That's a little bit more uh, abrasive. <laughs> uh, and I apologize in advance for anybody, but it's just the truth that oh, yeah. if your attention span is so low that you can't listen to a podcast for an hour, you yeah. will not succeed in business. Yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. My, especially if it's that low where like anything over a 10 minute YouTube video is bad. But um, I know I, I can't, I can't believe when people complain in the comments, this video is too, too long. long. I'm like, I, like, I literally can't even comprehend that. Like, I don't even, I, I'm yeah. speechless whenever I see that because it yeah. just doesn't make sense. I would just reply. I'd be like, your attention span is too short. <laughs> like that, that would be my response to that. I've also mm -hmm. been getting more out there and more like, I'm a real sarcastic SOB in real life. And that's, I can, t I can already see it starting to peek through my content too, but people love it too. That's, that's a whole nother concept, a whole nother episode about that. Like, the 50% vanilla. <laughs> yeah, that too. And like the 50% marketing 
as I like to call it, because like a lot of people go into marketing with this mindset, they have to, or like salesmanship even, with like trying to be able to get anybody to buy your thing. And I approach it with a real mentality of, I want to be able to get 49% or 50% of people to buy my thing. Because marketing is just as much about uh, pushing people away from your business as it is bringing them in. Because your product is just not made for some people. Some of the most successful people in the world are hated by half of the people in the world because that's it works that way because if people don't hate you they don't love you like on the flip side that's why i'm not i try to not i'm middle of the road on a lot of things but i try to overall not be a middle of the road person and try to pick a sign and try to be in the prolific zone if you've ever read uh, expert secrets by russell brunson you don't you know there's there's the middle there's the prolific zone which is like the middle of each end and then there's like the ends there's like the alex jones and you know the flip side of that but i try to not be in the middle i try to be prolific to one side and i try to get you know half the people to like me because i want an audience that's going to engage with me that type of stuff too and i just i don't want everybody to like me i want some people to hate me because that's the best i kind of feel like the same way about it where it's like but i i think my perspective kind of uh, summarizes down to like the way i'm trying to do it is i um, I don't really, you know, speak on other things other than entrepreneurship and marketing and personal development because that's what I focus on, like a bunch right. of other stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, th- that stuff actually encapsulates a lot of different issues. So I feel like I can talk about a lot of different things, but um, it kind of goes down to like, I-, I think that a lot of people are maybe in denial of some of the things that I say, but, and they might not like it, but they know it's true. Like that, that's right. kind of how I'm thinking about it where I'm like, you know, I'm right with right. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm right about everything. Right. But I'm well, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Not thing. only that, you're wrong sometimes. So like people can say you're wrong when you are. And if they believe you are not, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with anybody telling me I'm wrong because first of all, you're likely not going to change my mind, but you could. But um, I do. And everything's relative, you know. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> people, and it's but... like, and, and like if you've been proven wrong or something, like if, you know, I think, I don't know if it was while we were recording or not, but you said, on, uh, this is what I love the most about Gary Vee. And I always say, He's not my favorite, but I do talk about him a lot. Is that he did pick up on that uh, document everything lifestyle basically? And I love, I don't know if you've seen that video went around of him over the summer of in like 2010 or 11. There was just a video of him saying that Amazon was the most underrated company on the internet and he thought it was going to become huge. And it's just like the freaking power being able to release that video nine years later or what is it 2019 eight years later than when it was small and just being able to say and he said a lot of wrong shit too and he just doesn't bring that back up but like you know it is people are part of the reason i do the podcast and i do interviews is because i truly believe that people are a lot smarter than we give them credit for in our own heads nowadays and i want to hear what people have to say because we let we let the bad get too much attention and we let the stupid stupid idiots we give them all the attention and stuff like that and everybody's saying the world's going to hell everybody's dumb this that and the other people are a lot smarter than we give them credit for in today's day and age especially like a lot of good has come out of this interview and every interview i've done and i just love hearing what people have to say and i love documenting it you know like you said earlier on i think something about instagram i don't know if that was while we were recording that's where i was going you said like Instagram's going to tank soon. You're talking about the market crash, stuff like that. And just think if when it does, if we just put this, 
you know, we like, hey, look at this thing we made a year ago where Eric said that the this was going to happen, that the student loan debt was going to take over. And now it did. Like, there is so much power in that. And people will think you're so genius about it. And it's really more just about talking about it and being who you are and being a human being and stuff like that. But I do think people are smarter than we give them credit for. And I also think that's where a lot of people fail in business and in marketing is uh, the ones that kind of think they can be manipulative and they just think, oh, people will buy this. I mean, people are dumb enough. It's like, no, they're, they're really not. <laughs> like, you know, just, and that's, that's a thing for me too with a Walmart. I work there part-time and you, you have those pages like the people of Walmart and you have like, you have people that refuse to shop at Walmart. This drives me nuts because I, I just love Walmart. I really do. And that's weird to say. But uh, people will just refuse to go there because, like, the people there are scummy. The people there are this, that, and the other. And it's like, if you really you don't have to interact with them, yeah, well, yeah, there's like, that too. You know? But it's also, you know, I go through my day. If I actually make a conscious effort to see, we just there's there's like a law of the few or something like that too, but where we just emphasize the the one out of ten people way too much that we think it's all that exists. Is there are so many normal people walking around Walmart right now that have smart things to say, that run successful businesses, that do things that there are doctors in Walmart, there are absolute freaking scumbags in Walmart, and there are everything in between. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I but just, I mean, so I always go to the root of the problem, not like really what they're saying, because a lot of people say stuff, but then their actions are different. So like, it's like it, yeah. it describes stuff more. So when I think that people are saying you know, I don't go to Walmart because of whatever reason. Like, I think it's some type of weird ego thing where they're like, I'm better than shopping at Walmart yeah. or whatever. And it's like, all right, who cares? Like, go shop somewhere <laughs> else. Like, you don't need to be vocal about your opinion. Like, I mean, in a world where everybody can share their opinion, like, I'm not going to say people shouldn't share their opinion, but like, I think they should think a little bit more um, <laughs> before they share stuff because I'm just like, no one really needs to know that. Like, we live in a world of oversharers. And being a social media guy or whatever, oh, like yeah. I don't really like saying that, but it's true of like people post a lot of different things uh, and it's beneficial to Facebook and Instagram because that's more like eyeball time on their platform. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, a lot of people's lives have been ruined by social media, but then a lot of people's lives have been like, you know, uh, lifted by social media. So Including it's like, yours, I mean, let's not... yeah, exactly. So it's like, I, I just think people need to hypothesize a little bit more on issues, make like an educated guess, and then also just think more whenever they do things. Right. <laughs> That's kind of like my yeah. piece is like, just, just use your brain. Like it's not, it's not really that difficult oh, I'm not yeah. saying that in a pompous way. It's just like a legitimate thing of like oh, a yeah. lot of people do things and they react to things before they think about them. And it's just like, just think about yes. it <laughs> uh, or take some time to reflect, maybe meditate, take a walk, whatever you got to do. I take yeah. walks. I take walks every single night or almost every single night just to kind of calm down and all that type of stuff. And that's, that's part of my thing of like recharging. And I feel like people are so consumed with social media and all these different things. Like they're getting attacked on a bunch of different angles of everything that wants their attention and stuff. And people are just like mentally burnt out. And it's just like, you need to disconnect sometimes. So that's why I got rid of everything, you know, and stuff yeah. because I, I'm a minimalist technically. Uh, well, not, I wouldn't say minimalist, like the, the traditional thing. It's just like, I just get rid of a lot of stuff. I'm very minimal. If I don't need something, I throw it out. I'm not very sentimental. Um, and it's just like, I think people should be a little bit more like that. Like some people mm -hmm. are not like that. I understand not everybody's like me, but, um, yeah. you know, there's just, there's just too much. You're frying your brain with a lot of stuff, yes. you know? So it's just like chill. <laughs> yeah, and everything goes back to discipline. 
I think like everything, everything goes back to discipline in that sense. I have a totally different view than most people on the whole like cell phone epidemic. Everybody's addicted to their phones. This, that, like if you use it correctly, it's fine. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, well, yeah, that. And also like there, I think there's more, I just threw a paperclip. I think there's more like ways to approach the Republicans because one of the ones that I can see you not agree. First of all, that's another point I want to start before I get this is that another part of the opinion sharing is like, I'm fine with people sharing their opinions. It's like people have forgotten how to disagree with people and not hate them. Those aren't one in the same. And I can, I disagree with a lot of people that I love a lot of people that I respect to like the, um, like some of my best friends have the stupidest political beliefs, in my opinion, the stupidest ideas, the stupidest everything. And I'm, I'm still willing to say that they're my best friends. Once they start to find out how I think, maybe they don't want to be friends with me anymore, but I will still do everything with these people, still go out to games with these people, stuff like that, because your opinion cannot phase me away from, unless, unless you're pushing it, unless you're trying to put your opinion onto me, stuff like that, that can make me not want to be friends with you or anything like that. But if you just have that opinion, it's fine. It's whatever. That's what makes the world what it is, is that we're not all the same and uh, things like that. And what I was going to, what I was going to say, what I was getting on there about the, the phones and stuff like that. I mean, there is definitely the approach of like what you did where, you know, you just kind of take it all away from you and you just don't let it in the room, stuff like that. And I've been like that. I can't do that though. It kind of drives me nuts. Like I do have that desire. I'm not totally like, prone to the cell phone addiction i definitely pride myself in having a lot more discipline with it than just the average 20 year old or millennial or whatever you want to call it now um in the sense that i don't have to be on it and but i do like to be on it a lot i do like to just scroll through it and what my strategy is a lot of the time is that it's actually a lot i don't know if this is just because my brain is wired differently but what I'll usually do is I'll just get it out of the way. I'll scroll through whatever I want to scroll. If I'm, if my brain's just like, geez, I wonder what's on Facebook right now. Like I'll just do it. And then I'll like throw the phone over my desk here because I can't get to it that way, the way my room is set up. And then, then it's gone. You know, I, I do like, and that's part of my just kind of get everything done first and then relax lifestyle. It's like, if something's really itching in me to just check my phone, whether it's, I want to see who viewed my snap story or I want to, I want to, rant on twitter whatever it is i get it i do it i scroll through it for a while you know like a lot of people have been getting on this train now of um the whole like don't sleep with your phone by your bed because you'll be more productive in the morning or something that honestly does not work for me i've tried it my best bet is wake up half an hour earlier and spend that half an hour scrolling through whatever i want to scroll through and then just be done with it and then get to work and um i think there's there's a whole nother approach to that in there and um ironically to me you know to give myself it's not really that vulnerable but um i have actually a medical condition where i can't eat for the first hour after i wake up with medication that i'm taking so that also makes it a lot easier that i have to kill an hour in the morning every day but um you know things like that and it's just to me it's a matter of whether or not you're trying is what it all boils down to everything in the end it's like if, if you're either you're doing one of two things you're trying to improve yourself or you're making excuses to not do it and um it's a matter of i don't care what way you go about doing it i don't care if you clear the phone out of your room like eric or if you just keep it by you just because to me it's like a bug in my brain and if i just check it 
more often. I'm usually better off that way. And people also get less mad at me that way for not um, answering them. But I mean, like right now, my phone's not over here. It's charging over there. That's why I had you messaging me on Skype when we were trying to figure out how to do this. But um, for me, it comes down to, are you making any sort of attempt to actually be less addicted to your phone? Are you just saying, oh, I need to check this. Oh, I need to check this. Uh, Like, no, shut up. Like I've made it a point. This is the most fun experiment I've ever done. And it's not really even that fun is uh, you said you went to college. So you'll relate to this. And most people I go to college will relate to this. But you show up to a class, especially on the first day when everybody still shows up early. We show up to a class like 10 minutes early. Every goddamn person in the room doesn't talk to each other. They're sitting there. You know, this is my mouse, yeah. by the way. <laughs> They're just sitting here like this. And I've made it a point that I do not pull my phone out in a classroom anymore. Like, I just don't. It doesn't happen. I'm waiting for someone to take notice of it at some point. But I just, I make it a point to just look at everybody else in the room, scrolling through whatever, thinking God knows what you're doing right now. And it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to kind of watch. And I'm analytical about stuff like that too. And then, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a saint with it. I'm not perfect with it. I get back to my room after class and I stare at my phone for five hours straight, uh, mostly on Instagram. Uh, either collaborating or I'll be on my computer making content or I'll be just kind of seeing what works on Instagram. So I'm really into Instagram and stuff like that. And I think that's a really good nature to have. But yeah, it comes down to, are you trying or are you not? And even if you're not trying, just be real about it. Just admit that you're not trying. You know, like, I think the worst thing you can do if I tell you, if I come up to a person and I'm like, you're too addicted to your phone, like making fun of them. Like I'm being a total dick about it. But if I come up to them and I'm like, you're so addicted to your phone, get off of it all the time, this, that, and the other. And they're trying to say, well, I have to do this. It's like, just say, you're right. I'm addicted to it. Get over it. And that will shut me up. It really will. But if you try to say, I need to check my high score on this game because I'm on the leaderboard. I'm like, shut up. No, you don't. And you don't. Well, it's the wording. Like you need to check it. No, you don't. Like you want to check it. Like so, uh, you touched on a lot of different things. And like so, this is also maybe put like an edit of something right here, where like Eric's pinnacle moment in this interview. Because so the two things that I have coined, which I'll say it here, um, Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever, like did not invent the idea of like the whole offense thing that he talks about and neither did Grant Cardone. Um, That's been a thing for a while. Like offense means those things. But so funny enough, before I ever heard Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone talk about the word offense or be on the offensive, me and my friend um, were actually at his house and we talked about that. I'm not going to say we invented it either. There's probably some people invented it before, but I I want to coin the term of offense, which is basically this ideology that I'm crafting around that of always moving forward, always being focused on like the next thing or whatever um, in a healthy way. But the other thing that I'm going to coin that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about is like their number one thing. Everything in your life now, like this is, I'm going to, I'm going to make this very clear. (laughs) Every single thing in your entire life, no matter what it is, goes back to one thing, identity. And that's it. Yeah. There is nothing else than that. Anything that's like self-development, personal development, like you're trying to learn more about yourself and your mindset and your business and all that's anything, your family life, it all goes back to who you think you are slash your identity. If you think you're good at business, then you're going to go be good at business. If you believe, if you have the self image that you can be a good 
uh, family person or whatever, then you're going to do that. Or you're going to learn how to do that if you don't think you are or and you want to be. Like, you know what I mean? Your identity is everything that yes. you are at once. So any issue, like when people are like, I want to be more disciplined. I'm like, then you have to identify <laughs> as a person that's disciplined. Like, yeah. you have to you have to change your identity, but then people get all weird about that. We're like, I want to be myself. I'm like, everyone tells you to be yourself, but you got to be your best self. That's the difference. Don't just be right. yourself. Like some people don't like who they are. So you need to be your best self and actually change your identity to be a better person. And I recommend writing down your current identity that you have right now, and then writing that down the identity that you want truly in your heart. And then make the leaps when you can, or like, you know, change over to that, or just not even the fake it till you make it thing. Take actions and change your behaviors, which will change who you are. Like, don't just pretend yes. you're more disciplined. Like, that's delusional. Like, people, when it comes to the identity thing, start being delusional. I'm like, no, like, you got to back stuff up with confidence or your brain will not believe it. If you keep telling yourself, I'm the greatest entrepreneur alive, and right. then all of a sudden you're, you lose five clients, your brain is going to have a very hard time keeping that up. So yeah. You know, like, you have to actually back it up with stuff, with, with, with logical, factual things to back up your confidence, and it's centered around your identity. So whenever you want to make a change in your life, no matter what it is, whether it's you want to spend less time on your phone, be a better family person, have a cool business, um, even a nine to five job, but you want to be really successful in that and move up, you need to identify as the person that is in your vision. Like yes. you don't want to die, you know, at like age 85 or whatever and being like, oh, I should have done all this stuff. It's like, just, just like stop being like, Stop being, stop living in a way where you know that you're going to regret it when you die. Like just change your identity to exactly what you want to be. And even if you fail, yeah, I mean, see, this is the other thing. People are like, I failed when I did that. I'm like, so what? Like you failed yeah. once. Like you, you're probably going to fail like 50 times, like trying to change your identity. And yeah, not only that, like, it, you know, there's that whole, you learn, did, did you learn? That's what I would ask them next. If someone came up to me yeah. and they said like, I failed at something, I'd say, did you learn something from it? And then if they say yes, which ideally they would, because if, if they say no, I didn't learn anything from it, then it's like, you need to try something different. But like, um, you know, they'll say yes, I'll say, well, then was it really, you know, was it really that much of a failure? You're going to fail. So just don't think of it as a failure. If fail has a really bad connotation in your mind, I fail. Even according to failure, people don't like to fail because they're like scared and afraid and of different, of various things of like, you know, oh, am I going to, like, if I fail, then I might have to, I might not be able to afford rent and then I'm going to be homeless or like something like that. It's like, they go crazy yeah. with these scenarios yeah. where I'm like, dude, like you're going to the worst case scenario and you have to be prepared right. for the worst, but like expect the best. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. prepare for bad things if you need to, but then like be optimistic and, you know, like expect right. good things to happen. And then it, yeah, again, it all centers around your identity. Like no matter what it is, like if you don't want to be in fear of other people's judgment and stuff like that, just change that. And it takes work. You can't just change it overnight. Like it sounds like you can when I say it like that, but the fact is you have to work at it if that's what you really want. Like how, like, and I try to give practical tips on my uh, YouTube channel and stuff on like actually how to do that because I feel like a lot of people talk about surface level things or like change your identity. And it's like, well, how? Like I wanna go into a lot of how in everything that I talk about where just to give a tip, how do you change your identity? Change your actions and behaviors so that your brain actually becomes confident in that identity. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. You're, you're right. It's about identity and just as much identity. It is, is about uh, self-awareness and reality. And, you know, because part of that, part of that, you know, having the idea. So you, like you're sitting here thinking, 
And you're like, this is the person I want to be. Let's say you figured that out, which is enough of an obstacle in itself for a lot of people, you know, because one day they want to do this, one day they want to do this. It's like, you do have to pick the person you want to be. But um, even after that, it's like, worst case scenario, scenario, where you want to be, find out where you are on the slider already, what you have to do to get up here, what you're going to do in the event that you end up down there. It's like, kind of think about it for a little bit. And if you, like you were saying with the best entrepreneur, you know, you're telling yourself you're the best entrepreneur and then you lose five clients, you know, that's hard to grasp, but you know, it's not quite the same as believing that you can be the best entrepreneur, not saying that you are just believing that one day you will be, and then you lose five clients. You're kind of a lot in a better position because first of all, that means you're doing something. You're doing something wrong if you're losing clients, but you're doing something and it's just going to help you go upward for there. And don't let yourself think that you're there. One of the things that Andy Frisella always says on the MFCEO project, as I'm going to plug that again, is that there is no such thing as the top. He just does not believe in the top. He hates when people come along thinking that they've made it to the top or that they're on top because there's just always more and there's always farther to go. And that kind of ties in with the 10X rule from Grant Cardone. The like, you know, okay, I made $100. How can I make 1000 How can I make 10000 How can I make a million? So on and so forth. There is always, you know, once you get to the top of a mountain, you want to climb a bigger mountain basically is the way that you should try to think about it. So just never stop going with a mentality that you're never going to stop to. That's advice that I would give to people. I love, 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 love when people ask me, you know, like when I'd like to retire and I say never, and they're like, don't you want to have all this money by the time you're 40, 30, whatever the age. And I'll be like, yeah, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop there. I don't and think people realize that when you get to that age and you have all that money, then you just get bored. Like, you, okay, so when it goes back to identity, you have to have purpose and fulfillment and some type of goal that you go towards. Like humans get bored if we're not doing something. And this is for men, women, you know, anything in between. Like you always have to be doing something and find your purpose. And that's why a lot of people are depressed when they're scrolling through Facebook and Instagram. And that's why I have an alternative opinion to you where it's, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just like people need to cut a lot of that stuff out first and then decide how much they want to put back into it rather than the reverse. So when it comes to purpose and fulfillment, they don't have anything. That's the struggle. Like a lot of young people are struggling with their identity and that's why I made it my number one thing is because I struggled with it for a long time too. But funny enough, you never will. It's very rare to hear someone that's like around like our age that knows exactly who they are and exactly what they want. And, you know, people argue, oh, that's going to change over time, of course, but I know exactly what I want and I know exactly who I am and I've done, but I've like, I've made it a mission to do that. Like, it's not like I just kind of sat there and was like, I guess I'll figure out who I am someday. It's like, no, like I made it a mission to figure out what my identity is and I'm going to, I need to figure out my identity so well that I can write it down on a piece of paper, exactly who I am. And people hate that notion because they're like, well, all humans are organic and different and unique and everybody's <laughs> snowflake and it's like no like yes yeah. like, when, people just need to be a lot more realistic and practical with things and not be so hyped up in their own like fantasy yeah. like it's like you got to realize there's really only like that's a commitment like, issue yeah like it, how serious are you to want to go get the thing that you want yeah like, if you're telling yourself i want to be an entrepreneur maybe you really don't maybe you're like i want to go have a animal farm in uh, <laughs> Finland or something like whatever, like, you know, like that's your thing though. But like, how come, like it's 
people struggle with their identity and uh but also when they're trying to figure out like what they really want to do with their lives like they get so confused because everybody's telling them something and they're getting influenced by all these other people it's like what do you feel like you want to do if money wasn't an option and then can right. you make money an option in that like how like someone if someone said that animal farm thing i want to have an animal farm in finland it's like a, how yeah. can you make money at that you know what i mean like yeah. think about that and they're like well, maybe I guess I could uh, house people's animals there as well, like rich people that have like a horse or something and they need to rent out a stable, then I can have yeah. that. It's like, I just figure out one way that you can make money having yeah. an animal. Second way, maybe you can breed animals, do it in a humane way, like yeah. how a lot of people do with like these puppy mills and stuff like that. But like if you could breed animals yeah. in, a, in a very humane way, I don't know how that stuff works, but like then you can sell the animals to people that have money that want to have an exquisite you know, horse or whatever. Like you can always figure out a way to make money at something, especially in the online world we live in. 50 years ago, that was not possible. Like there, I don't know oh, what to tell yeah. you from 50 years ago, but now it's a different game. Like where you live in the modern times, you can make money on the internet and it's great. But the identity thing, people struggle with it so much because they're not trying. Like you said, they're not trying to do anything. They, right. uh, they kind of just ex like think it's going to fall in their lap. And it's because of the story they're told from their parents. Like, identity is a big thing but part of your identity that's huge is stories and narratives i'm a very factual person and that's how i do things but most people uh learn things and internalize things from stories and narratives and that becomes part of their identity so their story in their head is i can't make money as an entrepreneur i need to go to college and that's the only route and it's like well who told you that story your parents <laughs> you know like in, in society and stuff like that so it's like make your own story <laughs> so that's what i'm trying to do now yeah. um yeah. So that's why I think identity is number one. Yeah. And the other, I think there's, there's, there's a push and a pull to that. There is the, uh, the, the tip of, you know, the societal go to school, go to college, get a good job, retire. That's that. And now you see all of this pushback to that. And this is ironic. Now people are going to have to really stay with me here because it's going to get confusing if you don't, but there are all these people on the internet now saying, well, your parents is t are telling you is wrong. Don't go to college, do this instead, start a bit, whatever it is, but like, don't do this. That's just and another narrative. Like, exactly. You know, like, That's yeah. exactly where I'm going with this. So people, so many people have completely lost the ability to think for themselves. And just because, and they think that because they're listening to like the antagonist in the situation, we'll call them, mm -hmm. that they're thinking for themselves. It's like, no, you're just thinking what someone else thinks on the other end of the equation. That's still not thinking for yourself. So I try to make the best effort I can. Of course, my thought, your, your thoughts are gonna get influenced by people you talk to, by people you watch, stuff like that. Like there's no getting around that. But it's to kind of try to do the best you can to take in the information and then, you know, put it all into one pot and- Yeah, it's like think for yourself and like think a little bit more critically. Like. I, uh, you know, there's some people that only watch like one to two like mentors or whatever, and then they just get consumed in all that. Like I have watched like probably like a hundred different people and like went like deep on all their stuff and like learned what they're about. And then I took elements of that and was like, I don't like this. I do like that. I don't like <laughs> this or whatever. And like, I just made that a part of me where I was like, I, you know what? I do agree with that. You know what? I don't agree with that. And it's like, I don't know, I don't really know how to help people think, like this is something I'm still trying to figure out because like I really want to create an impact on the world. Like I'm not one of these people who just wants to sell a bunch of courses and then retire in Jamaica. Like I want to yeah. do something because I see that our society is going in a way 
that I don't like necessarily, or I don't think is beneficial for a lot of different people. Um, a lot of people are doing fine. Like there's groups of people that are more in the entrepreneurship and personal development space that are kind of like uh, being able to improve themselves. And I like that, but there's a lot of wrong in that too. Like in the self-development, personal development community, there's a lot of people that are delusional that are just mm -hmm. like whatever, and they're still not doing anything and they're still not happy, but they're like, it, yeah, it's really weird. So there's terrible stuff on all the spectrums, but there's good stuff on, you know, a lot of different things too. But I'm really trying to help people figure out how to critically think, how to think about their identity. And I'm still struggling to figure out how to do that. But yeah, I mean, like critical thinking is something that I feel like you just have to be raised with almost like I, I feel like I was raised in a way where I was able to critically think more than more like most people because so another thing I don't know if you have siblings or not, but I don't. I don't. Okay, so wow. What are the odds yeah. of that? <laughs> yeah, so a lot of people have siblings and what that does to people from a psychological or, sociolo or sociological level is it kind of tells you like follow, right? Like you have another person and you're following each other and like, you know, you're, you're not exactly independent. You know, it's like your brother and sister, you guys are kind of together, right? On yeah, like and you start thinking like hierarch hierarchically from like the get-go to which yeah. can be a good thing, but for the most part, I would say isn't. The, the the like something from birth you should be dealing with as a hierarchy because that could lead to all sorts of, but go ahead with what you're yeah. saying before but, I get off. You know, as an only child, I'm grateful for the fact that, you know, I, I was able to be more independent. I was forced to be. So I've learned to critically think and I've spent a lot of time, you know, by myself reflecting on things and stuff like that, just because I didn't have a brother or sister or anything. And I've yeah. noticed some people that do have brothers and sisters, it's taken them a little bit longer to be able to like start the process of critical thinking and things like that. And that's, I'm not saying that disrespectfully yeah. or insulting or anything. No, yeah, that, no. That's an observation that I've had. And there are some people, like it also depends on how far apart the brothers and sisters or siblings are. Um, also who was born first and who's not. Like there's a bunch of books on this stuff where it's like if you're an older a sibling, then you tend to be more independent and free thinking. If you're a younger sibling, you tend to follow what the older sibling does because that's just you know the dynamic of it. But just uh, imagine if you're twins, and there's you just grow up with another you. Like, yeah. Or imagine how that like that'd be cool. Read up. I'm sure they've done those studies on twins, like just kind of how it impacts the way they think and stuff like that. I I, mm -hmm. I noticed things like that. I noticed what you're saying, and I completely resonate with the just being forced to kind of entertain yourself and yeah. stuff like that. I'm surprised you said earlier, I forget what you said your personality type was, but I know it was E for ENTJ. E and ENTJ. I can't remember what mine is. I know it's like the first one if you're looking at the grid. It's I something 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 because I am introverted, but um and that's what I was going to say. I'm kind of surprised that as an only child you have an extroverted personality type. But um, I guess that just, you know, means different things. And it was, uh, so I, I think of myself as more in the middle. I think, uh, yeah. I don't and know if I'm necessarily ENTJ. I kind of flip-flop. Like, this is the other thing. Like, people put themselves in boxes too much. Oh, yes, they I, do. I, I like the Hexaco test and the, the you know, Myers-Briggs and all that type of stuff. Right. But also, it's like, yes, that stuff's pretty accurate. But at the same time, like, you define that. So, like, yeah. I, uh, I learned to be more extroverted. Like, when, uh, you know, when I, I told you like, you know, a long time ago, like when I was like making videos at like 13 and stuff like <laughs> that, galaxy far, far away. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I was more, I was way more introverted then, but yeah. this is, this goes in with the identity and the vision and everything like that. I told myself, I want to be in a more extroverted person. So I learned how to do that. And I learned a lot about psychology and sociology and 
a lot about people and that helps me with marketing and sales and everything like that as well. So it's like, I've learned so much that I know myself and how to be more extroverted and everything. Um, right. And I still have my introverted moments where, you know, I don't want to talk to people or whatever, but absolutely. Well, that's what I want to touch on. And I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to give like a huge shout out to my own mother right here real quick. Cause she loves talking about this stuff and she go loves mom. it when I mention <laughs> it in the podcast. So go mom. She's going to be texting me in four days being like, Oh my gosh, I talked about it on the podcast again. And, um, <laughs> but um, introvert, she brought up this point to me the other day. Cause uh, we're both introverted and her more so than maybe I shouldn't be talking about her like that on here. But um, <laughs> basically she brought up this point to me the other day and I do want to have this kind of pushed out through my channel to whoever listens to this is that people also confuse introversion with being shy. You don't have to be shy to be introverted. Introverted is more so about being content inside your own head kind of. So that's mm -hmm. so because it's also been like a weird game for me to play lately with introversion because I've been talking to so many people on via this podcast mainly. I've been doing those Instagram lives where I just let anyone jump on with me at all. And I go home, I go and I tell them I'm introverted. And they're like, you don't know me, you're talking to me. What do you mean you're introverted? I'm like, I've grown out of my shyness. I was a super shy kid and I just grew out of it. Like I really did. I'm willing to talk to anyone, but the biggest thing with me is that I don't initiate a lot of conversations and I don't get a lot of them started. So like I have on the weekends, for example, I'm here, like all my friends are home on weekends. None of them live here. I go down to the dining hall at school. I eat by myself. You know, for example, I eat by myself because of my introverted personality. But now that's not to say that if any random person just came and sat with me and started talking to me, that I'd get like freaked out or anything. Like I talk to them. I would do it. I just don't start conversations. I don't bother people because I think I'm bothering them if I do. And, uh, but that's, that's what introverted means to me. And I love to talk to people and I try to not be as shy. I'm still not the least shy person in the world, but I talk to a lot more people. I'm a lot more open to talking about different things, stuff like that. It's just, I'm happy in my own brain and being an only child. This is why I said I was surprised that you would be an extroverted personality type is that being introverted to me essentially means I can entertain myself or I can be content inside of my own head and kind of talk with myself, my own ideas. That's, you know, you take that too far. That's just being a lunatic. But um, you, like, there's a point to that. You know what I mean? I don't have to tell everyone everything. And I think that's the biggest difference between introvert and extrovert is that most of the extroverts I know, once they find out about something, they've got to tell someone. Like, it has to be out of them. That is what extro means. It's got to be out in the world. Whereas if something really cool happens to my podcast or anything like that, I'll probably say it for the sake of, you know, keeping up with things, but like, I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to post it anywhere. I wouldn't have to do anything like that. Cause I'm just, I'm just content with myself. That's the way I look at it. I don't know if you have a pushback to any of that. Yeah. So to clear up the introvert or introvert versus extrovert kind of debacle that a lot of people talk about, apparently the definition, as far as I know, is where do you get your energy from? So okay. and it doesn't make, uh, I don't want to make extroverts seem like parasites, <laughs> like, but like, <laughs> yeah. you, like, cause that's not what I'm doing. Cause like, I think, uh, if it was a scale from zero to 100, I think I'm like just over the 50% mark of being gotcha. extroverted. Like, gotcha. you know, like, I think yeah, I'm a I little gotcha. bit more extroverted. You're in that prolific zone of extroversion. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, cause yeah, I'm definitely not extroverted sometimes, but it's like, where do you get your energy from? So introverts get their energy from being alone and with themselves. Mm -hmm. Extroverts get their energy or their vitality, almost you could call it from being out with other people or engaging with others. 
yeah pretty much the, that's pretty yeah. much it um, yeah i mean that's that's a better worded way of what i was trying to say i think mm-hmm. is like they extroverts thrive off of being around people introverts thrive off of not being around people that's basically the way to put it and um so yeah by that definition i definitely go introverted too i definitely need my downtime here i am like the most fortunate student that lives on this campus because i don't know if i can like do this without fucking up the camera like that's my empty bed over there because i just lucked out and don't live with anyone here oh, I nice. by myself in a two-person room but um yeah so that that also just really helps i i've got a whole story to tell and people that have listened to this podcast from like the beginning forward already know this but this actually ties into a lot of the stuff that we were talking about as we've touched on like every topic on earth at this point but um, (laughs) i started school here for uh, music education Uh, i graduated in 2016 and fall 2016 i started here and at that point i did not live alone i had a roommate and all the all this other stuff plays into it that's way too long for me to get into but uh long story short uh august i moved in September I moved out I was I was just gone I was like I don't want to do the music thing I don't know if I want to be in college like I had no idea what I want to do this is going to go back to the self-identity thing that you were talking about and I'm kind of thankful that that happened to me because I could have gone on my whole life with a music teacher and there are other reasons that that could be considered a bad thing right now because music teaching is not a growing industry (laughs) to say the least and um but um it made me I had to go home and I had to sit in bed for about a month because it took me about, it was about that long of a buffer before I could even find a part-time job. And I would wake up and that was the worst time of my life. Like hands down, it was like quarter life crisis for me. And it was, uh, that's kind of a funny term. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was my mid midlife crisis. And, uh, but anyway, it was, I, it was just me waking up every day with absolutely nothing to do. First of all, that's why that's another reason I thrive so much on the time management and the posting so much content is because I lived in a time where I had nothing to do. And that made me realize how much more that sucks than having things to do and having things to be busy with. And I don't like saying being busy because being busy is kind of like something people do that they shouldn't. And it's also a way that they waste time. But I mean, being productively busy is like a huge part of my day now. And, but I mean, it just led to a time where I had nothing to do with myself. And I felt very empty and I felt this and that. And I had to spend my time finding out what do I want to do? What do I want to do next? What am I interested in? And ultimately what actually happened is I did eventually get a part-time job, which was the first job I ever had. I never worked in high school, did anything like that. And um, that's kind of how I found out I was interested basically in money and in how, I, I mean, I worked at a retail, I've always worked retail and, but not just in money in the sense that I liked having money in my pocket like all those like high school dropouts you see that work like construction that just get like a taste of my, I mean, good for them. Some of them make it far, but uh, most of them don't. And that's that, you know, that's that law of the few again, that we don't see the majority of what happens. But um, it wasn't just that I had, I mean, I was making seven twenty-five an hour, which federal minimum wage. I, you're, I don't know where you are. Are you in California? I know you're like West. I don't know where you are. So. I'm guessing minimum wage is not the same thing for you as it is for me, but it is uh, way higher. Yeah. It is seven twenty-five an hour here. So, like, I, I was I was by no means bitten by that bug of having money in my pocket because I didn't, and um, it was. But I, you know, I liked handling it. I liked kind of watching from afar. Like, it's like the analytical stuff. I just liked business, so I came back for accounting. 
that ultimately led to now I'm doing financial planning because I don't want to be an accountant and financial planning is kind of more general, but mm-hmm. um, it led to me realizing I like numbers, I like business and that led to this. And then this led to the podcast. So things do lead one to another, but it's kind of just long form me figuring out who I am. And this has been going pretty well uh, up until this point. So this might've been a point, but like this went from like at my graduation, at my high school graduation, I was diehard a hundred percent going to be a music teacher for the rest of my life. And like, wow, that is gone now. And like, so it's like, you don't know. And we're not saying you have to like wake up tomorrow and know exactly who you are or what you want to do for the rest of life, whatever. Especially if you're like, I know I have some people listen to this that are like maybe 13, 14 years old. And then some people that might be like 50. But you know, what we're saying is like, or at least what I would interpret it as, is like make a conscious effort to have a plan or to not be not be aimlessly driving down the road of your life. You know what I mean? I always say you should have a destination before you start the road trip. And you shouldn't, like, I don't want to, like, if you think of that in literal terms, I don't want to just, you know, walk out the dorm room right now, start up my car, jump on the interstate and be like, geez, I bet this will take me somewhere great. Like, <laughs> I want there to be somewhere to go. And I think if you are someone that plans to go to college, there's um, another element to that too, because I think it's super important that you don't just find what you want to do in college and then hope that you can find a job after it, but find the job you want to have and then go to college for that purpose. And don't go to college if you don't need to. Don't, you know, if you don't have a plan to do with anything, because uh, another part of what kind of sort of fall apart with the music thing for me was when I started actually thinking about being a music teacher, like waking up, because teaching wasn't my forte, music was. And, um, yeah, so I just started thinking about it. I started going to classes and I was like, there's more to it than I realized. I'm, I'm, I just, it just fell apart for me. And, but I mean, thank God it did. Honestly, some of the worst things that will ever happen to you will be the best things that ever happen to you by far. <laughs> so, there yeah. we go. I got him to agree with something. So we might be <laughs> able to go. end on that. No, we've been going for a while, but I like that. I like that. I like they're still here. So you have anything more to add? Because I think I've had enough but i'm also not opposed to going on no i mean just two two practical tips i'll leave i'll leave with like kind of kind of short that don't really have to go together um the first one would be it's it's not that hard to find your identity uh if you take the hexaco test take the meyer briggs test um also now with youtube and things like that if you wanted to be a music teacher you want to be an engineer go look up youtube videos on engineering and if you get bored and you're like oh my god this sucks then don't do it um, if you start watching videos uh, that are non-biased and just kind of very straightforward about a topic, and if you seem to enjoy it or you're intrigued and want to know more, then go with that. If something completely bores you, like if you're watching a history video and you're like, gee, when is this going to end? Then you're not going to be a history major or you're going to hate it. <laughs> if, if you are, like there are some, like you also got to think like more people want to be on the artsy creative side than they want to be on the math engineering side. Like the majority is not the engineering math sciencey side. You, like there are people that enjoy that stuff though, but the majority of people want to do like marketing and communications degrees and things like that and general business degrees. And that's great. But um, if you're a person that is watching an engineering video and you're like, this is so cool. It lets me figure out how I can make this thing with math and science. You're like that, like go with that. Yeah. Right? Seriously. Like definitely because engineering and math and science stuff like makes more money and you're probably going to really enjoy it if you're that type of person. But I feel like there are not as many of those people as the more artsy creative people. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. But it's not that hard to find your identity as long as you work at it. Uh, it should take you about 12 months um, as long as you do. So the Hexaco test, if you guys don't know what that is, look it up. Do the Myers-Briggs test. Um, the Hexaco test is like super detailed. So it'll give you scores on all these different traits. Um, and not everything is like 100% dead on, but it's pretty close. Mm -hmm. So but you have to combine them. So do the Hexaco test, do the Myers-Briggs, figure out what you are, read the whole thing, figure out which of those you agree with and which you don't. And then write down your current identity and the identity that you want and then put it somewhere like in your bathroom or whatever you have to look at it every day and eventually you'll just kind of move into that identity and it's uh, baby steps you know into that and then um you know ask around of people do people think you're more extroverted or introverted and i want you to craft almost like a video game character of yourself that's <laughs> kind of what it is it's like i am level 10 strength <laughs> and, and level two perception or whatever like so you know yeah. yourself really well and then just double down on what you're good at. So me, I, uh, I was doing a computer science and engineering, or not really engineering, more like computer science-y stuff in school, and I was like, I can do this, kind of, but it's not very interesting, so that's not my strong suit. I'm not a level 10 computer science yeah. but I am a level 10 like technology solutions person. That's kind of how I think of it differently, where it's right. like, I will solve a problem with technology somehow, but I just focus that on like more marketing and social media things and getting people more customers. Cause that's a problem to me. People want more customers. I'm going to solve it. So that I figured out my video game character is level 99 at that or whatever. Yeah. Like figure that out. And then the second thing, which could actually be a tip for your podcast as well. I'm going to make a video about this soon where it's a, uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to call it, but it's basically a content distribution model that, um, that I think a lot of people are gonna like jive with in the way of speed. So a lot of people, you know, you've been putting out stuff for a while and I'm sure that you would want uh, your following and stuff like that to go quicker or grow quicker. Now this doesn't apply for people that don't have money. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you don't have to have that. You don't have, you don't have to have that much money to do it. So my tip for this is basically go get a job somewhere. So you have money so you can spend money on this thing. Right. Totally. Um, and your bills and stuff like that. But um, you know how Facebook has boosted posts? Yes. Take that methodology and apply it to everything. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it, where if you upload a YouTube video, learn how to do YouTube ads to where, like, let's say the title of this video is um, Identity uh, Digital Marketing and like whatever. I don't know what you're going to title it. What you I don't do know <laughs> is, yeah, it's going to be, the title is going to be like, super long. I don't even know. Probably, for this point, it's probably just going to be like interview with Eric Rebell. <laughs> <laughs> the description is yeah. going to have the, but basically whenever you create content, drive paid traffic to it for a short period of time. So if you upload a blog article, go ahead and go on Google ads and, and put a Google search ad for those keywords. So if you write a blog article on how to find your identity, do a Google ad for how to find your identity and then put that as your blog post, as like the link. Right. So instead of SEO having to do it, you know, like make your article be at the top over time, you'll spend like five bucks or 10 bucks or whatever to get some clicks on that specific phrase. And the cost per click should be decently low um, because you wanna target keywords that are pretty, you know, uh, cost effective, but you know, five to 10 bucks to get a lot of people to read your article or just get a lot of people to see your website and give you impressions because on Google ads, you only pay per click. So it's like, even though 10,000 people might see that link and only 1% of them click, you still got a lot of people to see your website. So if they see it somewhere else, they might follow. So that's more of a branding tactic, but you can do it on Google ads. You can post stuff on LinkedIn and Medium um, and get some traction there. That's more organic stuff. But 
post a blog article on your website, do Google ads, post a YouTube video, do YouTube ads, post something on Facebook, do a Facebook ad, Instagram, same thing where, um, like I made a video about how to start a personal brand. This is a good, perfect example, how to start a personal brand. I did a YouTube ad for anyone that's typing in the words, how to, how to start a personal brand. My video just pops up on whatever, like if they've, if they've searched the keywords, how to, how to start a personal brand, uh, in their history and like things like that, or, you know, but there's a bunch of different, uh, technical right. stuff in those ads, but my video will just automatically pop up on whatever video they're watching as an in-stream ad and they can choose to skip it if they want. But if they've been searching for how to start a personal brand and all of a sudden my ad just pops up, they're going to be like, Whoa. And they're going to click on my video. They're going to go to my channel and they're most likely going to subscribe after they see my stuff. So I have that being done with about 10 different videos right now. And in the past uh, month and a half, I've almost gotten 375 subscribers just off of this model in a month and a half <laughs> from starting from like almost nothing. So I'm like, this model works. So do like post something organically, see what traction it gets in the first day or two, and then spend a week doing paid advertising on it, usually below five or $10. And then just do that over and over again, you know, with every post that you do or, or selective posts. If you think this post is really good, then boost it. You know what I mean? In your right. own way. But just for anybody, never click the, the Facebook boost post button or the Instagram boost post button. That's not how you want to do it. You want to do a traditional Facebook ad. Like use ads manager. Don't do boosted posts. Those are useless. Um, the same thing on Instagram. But um, any, you can even do sponsored tweets or whatever. I mean, I don't use Twitter as much now. But like you can use paid advertising to get more traction quickly. And if you did that for the next like six months, then what can happen is you get a bunch of following and then all of a sudden you can do more affiliate marketing and make the majority of your income from that. You just spent a little bit of money to get there. Like yeah. I'm willing to spend a lot of money on my personal brand and not get any money back for a long time <laughs> because I know that uh, that, that brand is worth more than the money. Like, you know what I mean? It's like having no, like people knowing your name and then getting even clients from that or coaching people or affiliate link clicks or whatever is so much more worth it in the long term than the money I have now. Like money is a tool. It's meant to be used for things. And like, if you want to spend that to get attention, that's probably one of the best things you can do nowadays. So those are my two practical tips right there that should blow people's minds right now, right. but I'm going to make a video about it too. So yeah. So if you want to catch that video, go find his YouTube channel, which is just what slash Eric Rebello. Did you uh, say? Okay. Yep. So that is youtube.com slash Eric Rebello. You mentioned that a long time ago, but I don't remember them at this point. So you probably don't either. But uh, yeah, so, that, so that's that. And then if you want to find my YouTube channel, I don't even have like a fancy slash path thing yet because I like just started on YouTube and I'm still trying to figure out like kind of what I'm doing with that. I do have the two YouTube channels, one for each podcast and stuff like that. So I'm what I would do is I would consolidate those and put them I, all on your channel. Yeah. And then upload everything to YouTube because yes. YouTube, YouTube's like Google. People are searching for your stuff rather than you having to go find people. Like it's the best thing. Like Instagram organic reach, you can only do by hashtags. It's the only, ha and then the things are flying by so fast. It's like, people are not going to find your stuff. Like when I look at my insights on Instagram, only like less than 10% of whatever comes from hashtags. So I'm like, I, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, but on YouTube, a lot of it comes from my ads, but then also like people are searching for my videos and I don't even have that big of a following at all. Um, I have under, I have 470 something subscribers. So it's like, and probably by in the next month or two, I should have up to a thousand using my strategy that I talked about. So yeah. anybody that wants to build a following or a personal brand, uh, either for whatever business it is, you can be a chiropractor, dentist, whatever, 
um, graphic designer, you should do that. And then, but the, there's no excuses for it because people will be like, I don't have money. And I'm like, go get a job. I'm like, go get a job so you can get fund money. This thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, mm -hmm. it takes, like, I hate that notion of you can make money. You don't need any money to make money. I'm like, that is true. Like, if you wanted to start a service business, you don't technically need any money and you can go find mm -hmm. clients and stuff like that. But it's way better to have money when you start a business, even if it's yeah. just a little bit to, to quit, you know, speed up the process. So, yeah. It's pretty much all, all I got. I mean, I got right. a lot more stuff, but I don't want to sit on here for four right. hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, just, we'll just have him back on at some point in the near future. Sweet. Maybe we'll do that because I'm definitely all game for that now. This is one of the more interesting interviews I've done so far. and There's a lot packed into here, and we'll see who actually awesome. watches it. But um, yeah, let me split it to the split screen here so you guys can see both of us at the same time one more time before this video ends. Um, my name is Justin, which you should know by now. This is Eric Rebello. Apparently the man go subscribe to his YouTube channel. Go, I don't know if he really cares about the rest of the social. Right? <laughs> yeah, follow but, me on social. I, I do post stuff every once in a while, but I'm more active on on. Uh, or I'm more, yeah, I care more about my YouTube. But my Instagram, Eric J Rebello. Um, I do like if you want to hit me up with a DM or something like that, ask me a question or something like that. I respond to those a lot. I just don't post a lot. Um, probably like once every week or two or something like that. But um, yeah, I appreciate any questions. If you guys want to ask me more about the stuff that we talked about in this video, that'd be great. And then uh, let us know in the comments if you want me on another episode of Justin's podcast. Yeah. yeah, let us know. And also, since he mentioned it, there's news coming soon about consolidating those YouTube channels and all that. We're putting my podcasts into one. I just totally gave it away. We're putting my podcasts into one. So now we're going to have a new segment on Sundays. And it's going, it's not really going to change much, except everything's going to be under my name. But yeah, so it's really cool. It was great having Eric on. Um, leave a comment down below, letting us know if you want him back on. But truth be told, I'm probably just going to have him back on anyway. And we'll see, we'll see you guys the uh, next time.